You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Mark Holcraft with Steve Splonskowski. And we're in studio in Fargo. We're talking the theological virtues today of faith, hope, and love. We are very blessed to have Brad and Tom with us for a roundtable discussion. And now we're uniquely blessed uh, again in a, in a different way. I give a hint. I spoke of wisdom of two ladies who'd be coming in. Uh, we're blessed by our wives. So with us today is my wife, Meredith Holcraft. And Steve, I'll let you introduce your wife. My wife is Jacinta Splonskowski. So uh, we brought them in to kind of set us straight. You know, you get the guys got in for the first hour and we talked and kind of said what we had to say. And our wives were listening probably on the radio going, okay, when I get in there, I'm going to have to clarify. <laughs> that's not how this is. But uh, I don't know. It's that, that kind of that sense of ironing, iron sharpening iron. And, you know, as you know, when you sharpen a knife, first you use the rough stone and then you bring in the smooth stone to really get the get the nice edge. So we need the nice edge, ladies. So nice. if you could help us with that. That was well done. Thank you. That was well done. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we're, we're blessed. And we bring in Jacinta and Meredith um, because really uh, there's something that they both have this unique gift of how they, they run their households, right? They're, they're leading their household. And so they're going to give, I think, uh, a great insight into family life, frankly, in ways that uh, as Steve and I, and I think many dads can attest, we're not present to see. We have our role. And there's absolutely no shame in the role that we each share. But Jacinta and Meredith, uh, they have a gift of sharing an insight into the daily life of what does virtue look like in the house? You know, and they might first say, well, I could tell you what it doesn't look like. <laughs> but, but really, I think uh, they are gonna, they're going to share really what, what does virtue look like? And what does, and this is what we're talking about, what does the pursuit of virtue look like? So, well, um, and maybe I could just... Uh, Prime the pump for you a little bit here. We'll go back to a paragraph of, of Virtues and Grace, 1810, um, because I know you both uh, teach, teach the children at home. Human virtue acquired by education, del- by deliberate acts, and by a perseverance ever renewed in repeated efforts are purified and elevated by divine grace with God's help. Um, they forge character and give facility to the practice of the good. The virtuous man is happy to practice them. You know, I'm thinking you're dealing with education on a daily basis and, and really deliberate acts, perseverance, ever renewed um, on a daily basis. You know, what is that? How do you see that working in the children's lives as, as you, well, and I'll pick on you first, Jacinta. Okay. You know, how do you see that on a daily basis? Sure. Um, in the first hour, you talked to just about the definition of virtue, which is a firm habit of doing good. Um, and I think life in a family is all about fostering good habits and, as you indicated, too, persevering the repetition. Um, so I think that's our first job is uh, fostering those good habits. You know, clean your room, do your chores, um, do your school, <laughs> do it again, do it again. Uh, so that's what I think of. And that word habit comes up, right? We talked a little bit about habit precedes virtue. Virtue is actually the effortless work, uh, doing of good, but you don't get there without... Without habit and regularity. Do it again, do mm-hmm. it again, mm-hmm. do it again, do it again, right? It's, right. it's the other, I guess maybe, maybe you could say habit, habit is the opposite of addiction. 
we get into addictions by bad habits, you know, and, and so, well, I guess virtue would be the opposite of addiction. You get into addictions by bad habits. You get into virtue by good habits. Meredith, thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I would agree with Jacinta wholeheartedly. And I think so. Jacinta and I were talking real briefly and um, just before the show and, um, you know, thinking about virtue in my own family. Well, we don't, we don't necessarily use the word virtue every single day and, you know, telling them, I'm teaching you virtue now by, by your doing this. But we do talk a lot about habits, um, what, whatever you're doing, whether it's your schoolwork or cleaning your room, like you said, or um, how you treat each other, it's forming a habit. And so what kind of habits do we want to be forming? Um, so that's really just reading that uh, paragraph 1803 there, it's a habitual and firm disposition. So um, we talk a lot about habits at, at home. And um, so I would, I would just agree with Jacinta, you know, we don't necessarily um, speak of, okay, I'm teaching a charity now by, uh, you know, you, you treating your brother this way or not treating your brother or sister this way, but it is, how do you, how do you want to be treated? And, um, you know, how, to, how, what kind of a habit do you want to form in treating other people? Because how you treat people in your home is going to be how you treat people outside of your home. And I think, you know, what I hear both of you saying is structure, right? The structure is, is key in the home. Not that that's the same or synonymous to habits, but Jacinta, as you kind of opened up and almost gave a, a little summary overview of what you're trying to do in the home by fostering habits, uh, repetition, um, and even a little bit of the order of the day, uh, prayer, maybe it's morning prayers. So all of a sudden, uh, for our listeners, we start to see that structure, that order. We start to see just examples. What can that look like? Start the day off with prayer. Uh, start out, whatever your morning uh, exercise or morning activities in our house, we say, do your morning stuff. <laughs> it's, that, <laughs> it's that general. But the kids know, okay, that's some of the morning chores. You know, and, and sometimes it's not just chores. It's just, hey, morning stuff. Get out of your pajamas into your clothes. Brush your teeth. Like the things that are repetitious, routine every day, uh, and then the school, you know. And there's something to be said, Meredith, as you were talking, just in regards to I, I use the word order, um, as opposed to what chaos, right? Um, which is what sometimes it feels like. And we even talked a little bit about that in the last hour briefly. Just the idea of what it can feel like versus what is the reality, the reality of what is, you know. Um, can you share uh, in the home? And I, I, well, I know you can share, <laughs> but in regards to like the things you bump into, what are the things, what are some of the roadblocks that have a tendency to get in the way of trying to foster those habits or that sense of uh, that structure? <laughs> Put well, you on the spot. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, so for me, if uh, on a particular morning when you're homeschooling, you know, they, they don't have to rush out and get on the bus. They don't have to rush out and get to class at um, 8.30 or, or, you know, whatever time class starts at a school. So um, if if I'm having a particularly quiet morning, um, I maybe don't want to go and rouse the kids um, because it's just been a lovely morning. But, um, you know, if I don't do that, then everything else gets pushed back. And then I'm trying to hurry the kids through their schoolwork and hurry them through their chores if there's something else that we have to do. Um, and so that uh, that affects my virtue. <laughs> um, if I don't stay on our, on our, it's a, it's a loose schedule. You know, we don't have to have, um, you know, breakfast at a certain time and school starting at a, at a certain time where we give or, give or take a few minutes, but 
um, that for, for our family life or just the flow of family life in a homeschool situation, um, that would be one of the roadblocks is just if you get away from the structure, even though kids like to sleep in and they don't, maybe they don't, don't like to start their schoolwork right away. And they would rather, you know, shoot baskets on our uh, little basketball hoop down in the basement for half an hour before, um, if I allow it, then it gets pushed back. And well, why do I be it? Well, now I've gotten away from the structure and um, they're not sure what's expected anymore. So um, you're right, Mark, structure is important, whether the kids like it or not. They, they do like structure because um, they know what to expect. Um, so that would, that would be a big one for us, just, just as far as daily family life. Yeah, thanks, Meredith. How about for you, Jacinta? And I would say similarly, perseverance, um, again, doing it each day, even when you're having a bad day or one of the children is having a bad day, persevering and um, maybe fostering hope too. hope that this can be renewed. This is a new day. Let's start over, start again. Um, encouragement is a big thing that we need to uh, live out to help them and to help each other. For sure. Go ahead, Steve. I think that's a good point. I mean, I think oftentimes <clears throat> we live life with discouragement. I think for, for me, and I, I see people around me, the first thing that Satan uses is discouragement. And the first thing we need in response to that is encouragement. And oftentimes I might, as a father might say, well, what you need is discipline. And my wife says, but what we need, Steve, is encouragement. We can get to the discipline, but they're doing this because they're really feeling, I can't do this. They're you know, feeling depressed or they're feeling discouraged. And so you have to say, okay, you can do this. And here's how we can do this, right? But encouragement is such a key. I, and I'm learning this. So this is where our wives are so helpful. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's the smooth edge. That's, that's the sharpest edge. As you know, on a knife, when it gets to that razor edge, they actually, that's at some point the, the test of, can you cut the hairs off your arm with that razor's edge? <laughs> you got to get a really sharp edge. And that's, that's where the virtue um, in action and that doing it correctly and, and opening there's these virtues of and working within these virtues of faith and hope and charity allows actual actual virtue to move forward. Um, and I think for myself and for the kids, I mean, always telling them it's like it's a scripture verse, and I'm a good Catholic, so I can't remember where it is in the Bible, but I like it a lot. <laughs> you know, those who are trustworthy in very small things can be trusted with great things. I love how it says very small things, right? Yeah. And that's where habit comes in, right? Very small things, and so. It, that's where we start. That's where we start. And, and the other, the only other thought I have, not the only other thought, but another thought I have <clears throat> is that the structure in our family, structure really allows for spontaneity. And I, I see a kind of a sense of we have a structure in place and that's how the Lord gives us structure. But then I, as dad or just as mother can say, guess what? We're going to move away from the structure in generosity today. Everybody gets to <laughs> sleep in an extra hour or so on the weekends, we sleep in an extra hour on purpose and, and that kind of thing. Because structure allows that generosity. And so, you know, I don't know, it's just kind of working with, with the human personalities that we're surrounded by. Well, and that, I like what you said about the small things. You know, even if that, that spontaneity, what does that do? It breeds joy, right? It breeds authentic joy for the children. But you also mentioned the little things, um, bringing order to those little things. I think, uh, I think of our Sophia. Sophia is five years old. Sometimes I'm wondering, she seems to be struggling. What's the deal? Well, it's little to me, but it's a big deal to her. And so I think that, you know, the maternal wisdom of like, you know, and that complementarity, Steve, the example you used, you and Jacinta, great example of that complementarity. Um, we need to jump to a break, though. Uh, when we come back, 
Uh, we're going to continue to talk with Jacinta and Meredith about what these virtues can look like in the home. Stay with us. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers eye exams for the whole family, contact lenses, glasses, and vision therapy services. Our specialized vision therapy program works to improve how the eyes work together as a team. We work with our patients to improve reading difficulties, lazy eyes, eye turns, and focusing problems, which can be detrimental to performance in the classroom and on the job. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Mark Holtcraft in studio with... Steve Splonskowski. And we're very excited. This is kind of an unusual treat for us. Um, Steve and I are used to being on the radio, but to share this time with our wives... It's a unique time, and so we're, we're in studio with Steve's wife, Jacinta, and my wife, Meredith. We're talking the virtues of faith, hope, and love in the home. Um, if you have not picked up, for both Steve's family and our family, we homeschool our kids, and so they have a unique time of spending a lot of time with the kids in the home and providing a kind of, a, we talked, habits, structure, order. Um, but Steve, I want to go back to something you were sharing over the break. I really liked that. Um, Kind of, and that'll kind of guide us and facilitate us through the next few minutes anyway. Um, Want to take us away on that? Sure. Yeah. One of the things for our family over the last year uh, has really seemed to help us structure our day and our life in general, um, and even my work life on a daily basis. And three, line, three things. Make yourself available, number one. Show up, and then do the one thing. And for me, do the one thing the Lord is asking you to do right now. Um, and for me, you know, that, that has been a good structure. And Jacinta and I have shared this structure over the years. And she's like, wait a minute. Are you doing the one thing? 
or, you know, and so challenging one another. So if we can talk on that a little bit. Maybe you can pick where you want on that, but make yourself available, show up and do the one thing the Lord is asking you to do right now. Just something can you. Okay, sure. The one that sticks out to me the most is the one thing, because I see this um, in helping our children. Sometimes they'll get overwhelmed. Sometimes they'll be in conflict with their siblings because they're not thinking of the one thing, you know, the one thing that they can do right now, the one best choice of action. They're either distracted by something they shouldn't be thinking about at all. Um, They're overwhelmed, like I said. Um, So I can use that phrase, that that, uh, question to help them to live and also to be at peace and also to choose the good. Sometimes I'll you know, slow them down from their thoughts or what they're doing or from a conflict and say, what's the one thing the Lord would like you to do right now? And that usually brings tons of clarity to the situation. What are thoughts? Yeah. Um, so the, the one thing, I mean, for people, it could be the one thing could be so many things. And I think for me, when I'm wrangling in kids or we're having family discussions, whether it's at mealtime or, or after prayer, it is the virtue of charity in so many different ways. When you live like we do in such close quarters all day long, um, especially during COVID when there's not a lot of places to go or times when we're apart, um, it can be very difficult to practice charity um, when you're stuck with these people uh, on a daily basis. And so even little things like, um, you know, give me that. Um, did you want to say that a different way? Uh, how would you like it if someone said that to you? Give me that. Or just, you know, took it away because you want it. And from the smallest, our five-year-old, up to the to the oldest who's in our house right now, who's 16, you know. Um, did you mean to say that that way? Did you actually mean to say that to me that way or your brother or whoever that was? Um, also to, you know, extending it to beyond our home, you know. Sports are a big deal in our family, and um, the kids are always at some ball game. And very often, it's a temptation for them to come home from a ball game that they've played in, and oh, the refs, you know, want to talk about the the refs. And it's like, uh, let's why don't we refocus here for a second? And what was your what was your part in the game? And let's let's not pass blame. You know, it's so easy to pass blame, even even in the family. Um, well, I didn't, it wasn't my fault that I did that. And, um, so again, taking responsibility and charity, you know, don't just pass the the blame onto someone else. Um, and how you're speaking about those refs, they were doing the best they could, (laughs) you know, they weren't, um, they weren't trying, they probably made mistakes as did you and your teammates. Um, so I would challenge you to just think charitably about them. And if you don't have anything to say, then you probably shouldn't anything positive to say about the refing you probably shouldn't say anything you know even to just i know refing is kind of it's insignificant maybe but it's a big deal in our family and it's a good teaching tool um so i often say to them i i hope one day you get to ref um the perspective might be a little different which of course they disagree (laughs) (laughs) but but in that regard too um as meredith was talking one of the things that stands out to me in our home and i don't know if this is also in your home uh, but it, it takes on a different look is just the need to compare themselves. And I say need in a sense, like it's not needed. It's not needed, but there really is, you know, as Meredith said, I didn't know she was going to go to the route of refing. 
one of the things I thought she was going to bring up is when they come home, how quickly they compare themselves to not just the other team and the other team members. Well, who was better? You know, who won? Who, or who got first? Or But it, they sometimes start comparing themselves within their own teammates. And so we just try to remind them, like, you, you're already being the teammate you don't want to be, you know? And, and so the teaching moments are, are plenty, <laughs> to put it nicely. And yet, and then, um, well, again, not to go down that rabbit hole, because that's what I do too often. <laughs> uh, just since I, I want to bring it back to you, you know, and back to what Steve was mentioning, one, making yourself available to show up. And three, do the one thing. He talks about doing the one thing. But can you say more to making yourself available? Oh, sure. Yes, that also stood out to me. I believe that that's a mother's role is, well, probably parents as well, but um, making ourselves available so that our children can learn about growing in the virtue, making ourselves available just in the relationship. So many of us are in the world. We can be all about our tasks, um, what we need to accomplish or produce, and being available is sometimes just being and being ready for whatever that relationship needs at that point to I think, and even in our family life, that making ourselves available is the first thing of the day, making ourselves available to the Lord. You know, really have this kind of, this picture, and we talk, talk in the, about in the family all the time, but that we're a fountain in the top, top of that fountain. That is really our interior life, our relationship with the Lord. And until that's filled up, there's nothing available to the rest of that fountain. And so the first thing of every day is making, I mean, our family starts every morning with morning prayer. Um, and that's, a, a that starts our day. We make ourselves available first to the Lord so he can fill us up. And then, you know, the next thing is we show up to everybody else, you know, and, and then we do the one thing the Lord is asking us to do. And so the, for us, I mean, we've been doing the same structure for 10 years, um, <clears throat> that every morning is, is starts with morning prayer with the family and, uh, and chores after that and breakfast. And then we, we move into our day, but, uh, yeah, it's, a. Uh, that's where structure is, is great. Right. And, yeah. and I think, you know, I sometimes will, we start our day with morning prayer as a family too. Not everyone is excited to get up and come right to morning prayer. Um, in fact, this morning we had someone who was so tired, he was nearly falling asleep, but you know, <laughs> he showed up and he made himself available. And I don't know that there was deep prayer going on, <clears throat> um, but who knows what the Lord is going to do. Um, and it's a habit. So once he's away from, home if we continue this morning prayer you know hopefully that will be such a habit that if if he doesn't do it on his own it will be something that's missing to him what am i missing oh it's the morning prayer even though you know maybe these prayer times for the teenagers and the you know the middle aged kids are not deeply moving prayer experiences for them it is forming a habit hopefully um which will turn into virtue well, and I think that's the important thing. I think so often we get into prayer and they're like, oh, this is, this is not efficacious, not effective, right? The yeah. same word. I'm not getting anything from this, so I'm going to move away from this. And the Lord says, show up, show up, show up. And for myself, I was in adoration the other day sitting there. And this is, if many of you have this experience, probably you're in adoration. <clears throat> and it's so hard to do an hour of adoration because your mind is going everywhere. And I had, over the years, I would have the best ideas ever. As soon as I stepped into adoration, I sat down like, oh, I know, I need to email someone. Oh, I need to text someone. And at some point, the Lord said, 
okay, set those aside. And through my spiritual director, he helped me discern that. Set those aside. And if those ideas are still there after adoration, then move on them. Those are distractions. And so do the one thing. Show up. And even if you're just sitting there the whole time saying, Lord, help me pray. Lord, help me pray. We have those those experiences. You you just got to keep doing that. It builds that virtue, that habit. And eventually you can look back and say, those prayer times were effective. I had no idea what the Lord was doing. He's the one who's acting in prayer, not us. Um, and so for me, that's that's kind of that piece of that same that same part. Do the one thing. And yeah. I was going to say, I think a beautiful thing about family life is that you can see the fruit of the virtues that you're trying to foster. Over time, you know, we are, we do things like have morning prayer, we go to mass, we bring our children to confession, we bring them to adoration. And then at times we can see that fruit, that bearing fruit in their lives. And it's just a beautiful thing. And what an encouragement to us to keep on keeping on because the Lord can take each of those moments and, and do much more than we ever can anticipate or imagine. I think it's all of a sudden in those moments when it's the little things <laughs> that we see those fruits that do bear hope for us. So we, we move forward and we step forward in faith. With these, with these actions or these disciplines, uh, these fostering these habits, and then we see it. You know, I still I love seeing when my kids kids genuflect before. It's a little thing. It's what every Catholic should do, right? We know that, but we didn't tell them to do it. And all of a sudden, I see Sophia or Dominic, even if it's quote unquote the wrong knee, or you know they didn't make the sign of the cross the wrong way. You know, in, in my mind, you know. The Lord revels in it. And in turn, as a dad, I revel in it too. There's, you know, you just, that I think breathes hope. Absolutely. Well, I'd like to thank you, Jacinta and Meredith, for joining us this hour, even though it was under coercion, right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my gosh, our husbands are in radio, so we have to do this kind of stuff. So thank you for putting up with us, but also for sharing your wisdom and for, you know, making this, this possible to share with other families. You know, folks, there isn't one way to do this. Uh, and, and the Lord continues to work in our families and to support us. Uh, through that prayer, through just making ourselves available, showing up, and then focusing on the one thing the Lord is asking you to do right now. Um, and right now, the one thing I'm asking you to do, I won't say it's the Lord, is to stay with us. We're going to go to a break. And on the other side of this break, Bishop Folda of the Diocese of Fargo is going to be here with us. We're going to talk a little bit about celebrating 10 years, sorry, 20 years, 20 years of Real Presence <laughs> Radio on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 